0: Welcome to Women of the Military Podcast. This is a bonus rebroadcast episode from earlier in the podcast. You may or may not know that this summer my family moved from Virginia to California and as the Girl's Guide to the Military series has gone on, I worked really hard to keep episodes coming out and I have been trying to get ready for the next set of interviews to come out and I also didn't feel the Girl's Guide to the Military series was quite finished and I wanted to re-add these episodes for the next two weeks into the series. So these are two bonus episodes that are already on the podcast but being rebroadcast so that they can all be in one place. So the first episode is All about military branches and I wanted to dive a little deeper and talk about the different branches and how you can determine what branch is for you. I think each branch in the military has their own unique personality. And even though a lot of jobs overlap, the exact work you will be doing for different career fields is slightly different. So it's important that you do your research and don't think that all branches are the same and figure out what the right branch is for you. So this is something that I talk a lot about in my book and it's something that I wanted to re-cover this week. So I really hope... You enjoy this rebroadcast of episode 82 What branch of the military is right for you? This week I'm answering a question that I got from one of my listeners who asked me what branch of the military should I join? I wasn't really sure how to answer this question because my initial reaction is always go Air Force, but I wanted to get a feel of what the different branches were and how to help get advice to answer this question. So I went to LinkedIn and I'm going to tell you what I found out in this week's episode. So let's get started. You are listening to the Women of the Military podcast, where we share the stories of female service members and how the military touched their lives. I'm your host, military veteran, military spouse, and mom, Amanda Huffman. My goal is to find the heart of the story and uncover issues women face while serving in the military. If you want to be encouraged by the stories of military women and be inspired to change the world, keep tuned for this latest episode of Women of the Military. This week on the podcast, I'm answering a question I got from one of my listeners. What branch of the military should I join? In my research, I learned this is a multifaceted question, and there are a number of factors to consider when picking the right branch for you. I decided the best way to start this episode would be to share a story from my experience when I was in ROTC. So let's get started. Want to go play Army for a weekend? Um, sure. I loved everything about ROTC, so going on another trip sounded like a fun adventure. The words ARMY should have alarmed me. Growing up, my ex-boyfriend had once taken me to play paintball with him and his friends one weekend. I had not enjoyed any part of getting shot at, hiding from the enemy... Or playing war. This memory was far from my mind when I decided to go help out the Army ROTC unit and be the enemy. I didn't realize there would be paintball guns involved. I also didn't know that we would be handed a compass and be expected to find certain way markers with no guidance except a piece of paper and vague instructions. We drove up to the mountain on a bus and arrived and we were quickly separated into junior and senior cadets. I was a junior cadet and I was assigned with a team of a handful of junior Air Force and Army ROTC cadets. We were given a compass and told to find various waypoints. I had never had to use a compass for anything like this, and I had no idea what we were supposed to do. And the instructions, as limited as they were, felt like they were being spoken to me in a foreign language. No one on our team had any idea what we were supposed to be doing. We literally had a compass, a piece of paper, kind of a map a vague map, and a pencil. The most senior army cadet stepped forward to take the lead and tried to explain to us how to use the compass to find the different way markers. Other team members kept interrupting her, and each of us scrambled to read the compass. I should add the word incorrectly read the compass, and stared down at the chart and flipped over the charts and tried to figure out which way to go. We eventually decided to go this way and that way, and ended up in the wrong direction, going up and down over hills through rugged terrain of dirt, cactus, bushes, and trees. Finally, after two hours, we arrived back at the base camp. We were hot, tired, and our feet felt the blisters that had begun to form. We turned in our map, and I personally couldn't care less how much our our team had done, but I found out that we had missed every way marker, and pretty much I walked around for no reason. I guess I should have been disp- disappointed, but I felt like it was the cadet's leadership fault for, not- for sending us out without all the information we needed. Luckily, there wasn't enough time for them to send us out again, and we prepared to have dinner. At the time, I didn't know this was round one of two land nav courses, and a few hours later, I found myself back with my incompetent team ready for night land lab. This time, we had been assigned a senior cadet to advise us Because apparently our team had done so bad, we needed help. (laughs) Instead of giving us instructions and actually showing us what to do, he looked at the compass and quickly pushed us in the directions that we were supposed to go. At least, that's where he told us to go. And we did complete the course very quickly, but again, we missed all our waypoints. The senior cadet who had helped us had actually been no help at all, and... The young Army cadet who had stepped up as a leader was being counseled, and I quickly snuck away back to the Air Force side of the camp, feeling guilty that our team had caused her to end up getting counseled, but also feeling that our senior cadet had actually only made our experience worse rather than better, since he taught us nothing. Soon enough, it was time for bed. The Army cadets were going to sleep under the stars and the air force cadets got in our van and headed to the barracks for a night sleep indoors on a bed it was awesome <laughs> we woke up the next morning and made our way back to camp feeling well rested and slightly aching from walking all over tarnation the day before we had been promised that we would be guarding station and not marching So I was excited. I was teamed up with four other Air Force ROTC cadets, and we were to guard an outpost. I didn't know that each Army unit would have over 20 cadets, and every time they would come to attack us, we would lose, because there were only four of us. But nonetheless, it wasn't that bad. The senior cadet talked about strategy and high ground, and I just looked around at all the green grass and trees and wondered how this could be the same area of land that I had been hiking on the day before and although the team of four against 20 continually defeated us we had a lot of fun and that day i learned how to be the bait to draw the army teams away from our tactical positions i also learned that when there's no outhouses you have to improvise with a tree for bathroom breaks and i also found out that paintball guns don't hurt as much when they come from a standard paintball gun and not a modified one that my ex-boyfriend and his friends used. (laughs) At the end of two days, I had realized that there was a big difference between being in the Army and the Air Force. If I only talked about the fact that we were sleeping inside on beds and the Army members slept on the ground outside in sleeping bags, you could see that the way of life and the creature comforts were important to those of us in the Air Force, and not so much in the Army. Even when we teamed up with the Army, we preferred indoors and mattresses, even if we were given hell in the morning when we arrived. I personally didn't care. I was so happy that I got to sleep inside. Each branch of the military has a personality, and picking the branch that matches your personality best can have a huge effect on how enjoyable or miserable your military service will be. And a fun note to mention that this trip that I went on that I'm talking so fondly about now is where I met my husband and we started dating, so maybe it wasn't that bad after all. So when you decide that you're going to join the military, it's a big decision on its own, but it isn't the only decision you have to make. There's lots of decisions. There are six different branches of the military that you can serve in. The Air Force, the Army, the Coast Guard, the Navy, the Marine Corps, and the newest branch, the Space Force. Each branch has its own culture and mission, and making sure to pick the right one that fits you best is an important step when joining the military. You also need to consider if you would like to serve on active duty in the National Guard or the Reserves. There is no one right answer, but there is a best choice for you. The best branch for you needs to meet your goals, your aspirations, and not just be focusing on the perks of one branch over the other because there are pros and cons to all of them. Depending on why you are joining and what you are looking for will help you determine which branch and which way you should serve in the military. So I'm going to give a quick breakdown of the different branches The Air Force was established on September 18, 1947, but its roots began in the Army in 1907 when the military created an aeronautical division. They began testing their first airplanes in 1908. The early testing led to the U.S. being ready for World War I with the 1st Aero Squadron. World War I and World War II showed the power of air superiority, and after the war is over, they decided to create a separate force. The Air Force's mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. But Space Force kind of took the space part away, so I don't know if they're going to come up with a new mission, but that's what their mission is currently. There is a rich history, and their vision guides their airmen as they pursue their mission with excellence and integrity to become leaders, innovators, and warriors. The Air Force's motto is aim high, fly fight, win. The next branch we're going to talk about is the Army. The U.S. Army was formed on June 14th in 1775. The Second Continental Congress formed the Continental Army as a means for the 13 unified colonies to fight the forces of Great Britain. George Washington was unanimously elected as the commander-in-chief of the new army, and he would lead the colonies to victory and independence. The Army's mission is to deploy fight, and win our nation's war by providing ready, prompt, and sustained land dominance by army forces across the full spectrum of conflict as part of the joint force. The Army motto is, you make them strong, we make them Army strong. Next, we have the Coast Guard. The U.S. Coast Guard was founded on August 4, 1790. It was created when the first Congress authorized the construction of 10 vessels to enforce federal tariff and trade laws and to prevent smuggling. It has been called the Revenue Marine and the Revenue Cutter Service and has grown in size and responsibility as the nation has grown. It was given the current name of Coast Guard in 1915. Since 2003, the Coast Guard has operated as part of the Department of Homeland Security, serving as the nation's frontline agency for enforcing the nation's laws at sea, protecting the marine environment and the nation's vast coastline and ports and saving lives. In times of war or at the direction of the President, the Coast Guard serves under the Department of the Navy. The mission of the Coast Guard is to ensure our nation's maritime safety, security, and stewardship. The Coast Guard motto is Semper Paratus, which means always ready. Next, we have the Navy. The U.S. Navy was founded on October 13, 1775, the Continental Congress decided to arm two selling vessels with 10 carriage guns as well as swivel guns and a manned crew of 80 men. Their mission was to intercept transports carrying munitions and stores to the British Army in America. The foundation of the Navy was a pivotal step in the Revolutionary War. That first began to fight for the rights under the British Empire, and some members of Congress resisted the bid for independence. Creating their own flute would change the landscape of the war. The mission of the U.S. Navy is to maintain, train, and equip combat-ready naval forces capable of winning wars, deterring aggression, and maintaining freedom of the seas. The Navy's motto is non Sibi Sed partry, which is not self, but country, and I probably butchered that really badly. <laughs> Next, we have the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps was founded on November 10, 1775. It was created when the Continental Congress ordered that two battalions of Marines be raised for service landing forces with the fleet. Marines have fought in all wars of the united states the marine corps is part of the department of the navy while the marine corps is its own branch of the u.s military it falls under the administration of the department of the navy and the marine corps motto is the few the proud the marines or semper which means always ready and last but not least we have the space force the space force was established on december 20th 2019, the U.S. military's newest branch is still in the process of being formed. The Space Force falls under the administration of the Department of the Air Force, the same way the Marine Corps falls under the Department of the Navy. Its history comes from when, in 1982, the U.S. Air Force created the Air Force Space Command. Cold War-era space operations focused on missile warning, launch operations, satellite control, space for surveillance, and command and control. In 2005, Air Force Space Command gained the responsibility of cyberspace, but this responsibility was transferred to the Air Force Air Combat Command in 2018, allowing Space Command to focus on maintaining space superiority and outpacing our adversaries in the space domain. There are still a lot of unknowns as this new branch forms, but as more details come out, this branch might be worth considering as it's on the edge of a new frontier, shall we say, and it's kind of an exciting time to consider joining the new branch as it stands up. So more information to come, but currently not available. So now that we have an overview of the branches, I have gone to the internet to get some advice from veterans to help answer this question because I felt giving the one-sided view of an Air Force veteran who has limited experience of deploying with the Army. And you heard my story at the beginning, being with the Army for the, the weekend training. But I also wanted to get advice from other veterans who served in different branches. So I decided to go on LinkedIn and I asked people what advice they would give if they were talking to someone about joining the military. And I was really surprised because I expected it was going to be a military where we kind of like haze each other and pick on each other and say like, you should join this branch and this you should join this one and this is why. But And it started out this way because one of my friends who's in the army said that you should join the air force but then after that the comments got really interesting and it was more about figuring out what the right branch is for you someone who's in one branch might tell you it's the best branch, but it's probably the best branch for them. And maybe the best branch for you is something different. So I love this quote from Heather Price. She said, to me, it comes down to the culture. When you find your fit, you feel it in your bones, in your soul. You feel energized that the other branches simply don't. Nothing wrong with the others, of course, but you know when it's the right branch for you. So here is the advice that the people on LinkedIn, which was over five pages of notes when I copied down everything everyone had said, but they all had general themes. So I put them into four main themes and The first thing that people said is to think about your future. You're joining the military and you're going to serve in the military, but it's not going to be forever. Even if you serve for 20 years, most military members after their 20-year career get another career and they go to work. And many people who serve in the military serve... Four years, eight years, but way less than 20. So think about how the military can set up your career for the future. It doesn't have to, but it is always good to think about like making the right decision for what you want to do. I think that. I kind of got stuck into i uh, I'm a civil engineer, so I should be a civil engineer, and I didn't even look at any other job in the military. And looking back, I should have looked at different jobs, because just because my degree was in civil engineering, that didn't mean that's what I had to do. It kind of made the most sense, because I liked it, but I wish that I would have spent more time at the open houses that I went to, and like, talked to the different cadets, or the different officers that I met, and fi- found out what... Was available to me because I kind of closed the door to everything and I didn't even look. So, think about what you want to do in your future. What job really are you passionate about? What is something that you can take with you after you leave the military? One of the coolest jobs that I've learned about on the podcast is being a PA in public affairs. You could be an officer, you can be enlisted, both. Facets of being an officer or being enlisted give you a wide range of experiences that you can use in the outside world. And there's so many things that you get to do in the public affairs career field that you can't do when you're young as a civilian because the PA office only has a certain number of people. And so they give you a lot more responsibility than you might get if you were working at like a magazine or a newspaper company. That's like the one career field that if I, I didn't know that I was going to be doing podcasting when I left the military, but it just, I find those stories fascinating. And I think that there are so many opportunities of stuff that you can do while you're in the military, even as a civil engineer in the Air Force. I, as a second lieutenant, was out looking at construction projects and I was running A lot of stuff that I would never have gotten to do as an entry-level engineer. So you get a lot of responsibility and you get a lot of cool experiences when you're in the military. So think about what job you want to do in the military and what job you want to do after the military and figure out if you can make them align and just go from there. Another piece of advice that I got was Ryan shared a story with me about how he wanted to join the Air Force and fly, but he wasn't able to fly with the Air Force, but he did get a pilot slot with the Army, so he decided to join the Army, and that was the right choice for him. Flying was more important than what branch he was in, so if he was able to get a pilot slot, then joining through the Army instead of the Air Force was the best option. Another thing is not only do you have to decide if what branch you're going to join, you have to decide how you want to join. You can join as an officer or you can enlist and then you can join on active duty or National Guard or Reserves. That's a whole nother episode that I'll do in the future talking about those different topics. But they are things that you need to consider and start thinking about because they're the recruiter might make you feel like there's one path to the military, but that's far from the truth. There's so many different paths and so many different ways forward. So make sure you this next piece of advice I got from the people on LinkedIn was find a mentor. And I think that if you can talk to other people, use the podcast as a resource to hear the stories of women in different branches, different career fields, officer enlisted, everything is covered on the podcast except Space Force because there's not very many people in there yet, but I'm working on that. But. If you can find a mentor, and if you can't find a mentor, you can always email me at airman2mom at gmail.com and I can help find a mentor that can help answer your questions about different branches, different careers. Anything that you're looking for that you need help with is I can help you get connected with the right people. So if or if you have a question like the person who emailed me about the show, about what branch to join. If you ask me a question, that makes my job easier when coming up with topics for the podcast because I can just answer your question and make it into an episode. So find a mentor, ask questions, and if you... Need help finding a mentor, you can always reach out to me. The next thing is to do your research. So you have this thing called the internet where you can find so much information about the military at your disposal. You don't have to rely just on your recruiter and what they tell you. There's a bunch of blogs. There's a bunch of podcasts outside of my podcast. In the show notes, I'll link to some of the different resources that I have found and some of my favorite podcasts about serving in the military so that you can have different resources to check out. There are other podcasts by women about military women, so I'll link to those as well. And you can hear so many stories and get connected so that you can make the best choice for you. You don't have to do it on your own. There's finding a mentor, doing your research, and then asking questions that help you know what you should do. So the fourth thing is know your why and what you want to do when you join. I'm working on a book about joining the military and The first chapter is all about your why, and I think figuring out your why is one of the most important steps when you join the military because it helps direct all the answers to where, what branch should I join, what job should I do, what route should I take, officer enlisted, what way should I serve, active duty, national guard, reserve. If you know your why and what you want to do, then you can figure out all the other pieces. So... Know what you want to do and what you want to do after. That's about what I talked about earlier. That came up a lot. And there are some questions that an Army recruiter, Donald McCart, gave me. He said, what is the person's objective of service? Service, tradition, adventure, training, college assistance, etc. What is your objective? What are you interested in and capable, which would mean qualified, of doing. Based on your ASVAB score, if you're enlisting or your college degree or your medical qualifications will determine what jobs you're qualified for. You can't do every job in the military just because you want to. There's a lot of different qualifications. So you will be limited by your choices by how well you do on the ASVAB or what you get your degree in and those types of things. So that's something to consider. Another thing to th- Question to ask is, does the service offer the career choice of the individual? Maybe you want to join the Marines, but you want to do something that the Marines doesn't do. I don't have a good example <laughs> of what this would be. But I do know that the word engineer doesn't always mean the same thing. And it's very different between like Air Force civil engineers and Army engineers and even Air Force developmental engineers. They all have different purposes and different meanings. So if you want to do something in your branch that you want to do doesn't offer it maybe that's not the right fit and it's telling you that you should pick a different branch. But there is a lot of crossover And even though there is a lot of crossover, the way that the job is done and the culture is different. So picking the same job in a different career or in a different branch could mean different responsibilities and a different experience. Are you looking for a career in the military or are you planning on just doing four years? That's something to consider in how you pick your job and what branch you pick. Is there a reason that you want to stay in the location that you're at, that would make it so that National Guard or Reserves might be the best option and not active duty. And then also thinking about, are you planning on listing or being an officer? So those are some of the questions that he gave me that he asked his recruits when they came to the recruiter's office. And I had a handful of recruiters respond, and a lot of them talked about how they more than once would take someone who came to their office to a different office, because you know how recruiter offices are usually all next to each other. And so they would take them out of their office into to the crew recruiter's office that fit their brain so they said it was a lot of like gut instinct or feeling or just the way they answered those questions they could figure out what branch they should be in those are questions you should ask yourself. Think about what the best choice for you is. And there are some other resources that were provided by veterans that I will link to on the show notes. So if you have more questions about what branch should I join, you can have even more resources to look at. And if you have any other questions or if you need help in deciding what branch to join, always feel free to send me an email or or a message on any of the social media platforms that I'm on. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. I really hope that it helped you in your journey to the military. And if you want to learn more about joining the military, please check out my new book, A Girl's Guide to Military Service. And I'll have a link so you can order in the show notes. And I also want to give another shout out to our sponsors for the series, Women Veteran Alliance, J. Volbrecht Consulting, Garrett Sorensen with Markham Wealth, Photography by Trish Algrea-Smith, Serve Like Her, and Nomadi's Collections. You can learn more about our sponsors at the Girl's Guide to the Military landing page, which I have linked to in the show notes where you can also find every episode from the series. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you'll come back next week.